0: Shout like you're free. I love that song we were singing. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so and let the captives make some noise. There's nothing louder than a captive set free. Amen. Has Jesus done anything in your life that you just got to testify? Let somebody know about it. Amen. How about the worship team? Awesome time of leading us into uh, the presence of God today. So good to be here at Bethesda Church. Wow. As Pastor Jeremy was saying earlier, my name is Rob. We are from uh, up in North Carolina. I should say down in North Carolina, right? (laughs) We pastor down in North Carolina. My wife and I are here today. My wife, Adrienne, she makes me look good, so I bring her everywhere with me. Praise God. Uh, we got our two kids back in B kids right now, and they're just having a fun and enjoying life. But it's so good to be with you in God's house, Amen. And even if you're joining online, you can't be here in person. And how cool is it that that 2020 was was almost meant to shut the church down and shut the church up? But really, all it did was give us a platform to take the good news of Jesus Christ all over the world. Isn't that awesome? And so if you're watching online today, we just want to say thanks for watching us and joining us. Uh, Even if we can't be under one roof, we can be under the same name of Jesus Christ today and experience the same victory and liberty. Isn't that awesome? Amen. So good to be up here in West Virginia. Uh, How many of y'all just love West Virginia? Everybody should. You live here. You made it a point to grow some roots. I'll be, I'll be honest, I'm a little jealous. I said this this morning. I'm a little jealous down in North Carolina. Uh, we haven't really, our, our leaves haven't been changing as fast as yours. So I'm a little, y'all are blessed. It's beautiful scenery, beautiful country. The hills, the, are, are they hills? They're hills. Yeah, I used to live in Colorado. Those are mountains. So the hills of West Virginia, I love it. It's beautiful country. It's a beautiful drive up. Love being here. Uh, I just love seasons changing and uh, the the look of fall, the colors. It's beautiful. It just reminds me of God's creation. It reminds me of God's creative genius. I looked at Adrian a few times. I was like, God's just so awesome. He's just a genius. Like, how beautiful is this? And that we get to experience it. I love what the writer of Psalms says even all of creation is crying out and giving glory to God, giving all focus to God. Isn't that awesome? And I think 2020 and 2021 has kind of showed us, I think many of us were hoping coming into the new year, I know we're already in October, it's flying by. And I think coming into the new year, we were expecting something new, something fresh, and it, this is like episode two of 2020 for some of us. For some of us, the changing seasons have not been good. And I I just want to park on that today and and talk a little bit about that because I think over the last 18 months to two years, it's showed us that a lot of people are losing hope. I think hopelessness is abounding through our societies, through our our towns, through our, our states, through the nation, even worldwide. A lot of people are losing hope. And the problem is we've lost hope because we've lost faith. Let me say it like this. If you have hope but no faith, you're really just pursuing a fantasy. And I think a lot of us are living in la-la land and pursuing a fantasy that we don't expect to happen. It's like, let me put it like this. Maybe, you know, you hope to one day become a millionaire. Can I tell you, it's not just gonna happen overnight. You're not just gonna wake up one morning and look, this fantasy has come true. There's some things, there's some work that you have to put into life in order for that to happen. There's some steps that you have to take. Let me bring this home to scripture just a little bit. We know the story of Peter in the boat and the storm kind of is rocking the boat. Anybody remember this story? The storm is rocking the boat and Peter looks out as as far as he can see, which probably isn't much because they're in the middle of a storm, and he sees Jesus walking on the waves. And he says, Jesus, if it's you, have me come out to you. And, And this is what I want you to see, the hope in this story, the hope in that moment of Peter calling out to Jesus, the hope wasn't to walk on water. The hope was to be with Jesus. It took faith To step into the water. Hope with faith is expectation. I have an expectation. I have, what does the Bible say? Faith is the substance. Look at somebody say substance. Faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. In other words, it makes what I hope for reality and tangible. I can touch it. I can see it. I can smell it. It's not just some fantasy. It's right here and I want to live in it right here and right now. Faith and hope is expectation. So I want to talk about that today. Where does our faith come from? Our faith comes from the Lord. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. It begins and it ends with him. And here's the biggest thing that I really want to talk about right now is because a lot of us are losing faith or have a low level of faith is because we're listening to the wrong words, and the wrong voices. I'll break this down here in a second. But how do you increase your faith, Pastor Jeremy? How do we increase faith? Faith comes from what? Hearing. Where does our hearing come from that increases our faith? Hearing and hearing by the word of God. And so a lot of people want to just write off the word. This is just some uh, old obsolete book. I'm telling you, if you were to find yourself in the word day in, day out, the first thing you do in the morning, the last thing you do at night, not only will your faith increase, but your hope for tomorrow will increase. No matter what it looks like around you, this crazy nation. Can I say it's a crazy nation? Can I say it's a crazy world? No matter what's around you, you can open your Bible, you can open your mouth and say, this ain't it. That's kind of become a saying at my church. This ain't it. I don't care what it looks like. This ain't it. And if you can let that resonate in your spirit and resonate in your heart, it don't matter what it looks like in your marriage. It doesn't matter what it looks like in your home. It doesn't matter what it looks like in your relationships with your kids. It doesn't matter what it looks like in the workplace, because I understand this ain't it. And if I can get that into my head and into my spirit and into my heart, then the way I behave and act will be completely different. That will lead to life. So I want to talk about that today. I I kind of titled this message Life and Death. and I want to talk about pursuing life, pursuing hope. I said this just a second ago. He is the author and the finisher of our faith. It begins and it ends with him. And if you have your Bibles, turn with me to Genesis chapter 1. I think a lot of us probably know this passage of Scripture. We know what happens at the beginning. Genesis chapter 1, verse 1 and 2 says, In the beginning... God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2 says, and the earth was formless and void, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters of the deep. Verse 3 starts with this, and God said. This is what I love about this. In the beginning was life. From the very beginning of time, God said, and life happened, creation happened, positivity happened. See, a lot of people want to look around. My 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 in-laws, my Adrian's grandparents, unfortunately, have gone through 17 to 20 funerals just in the last month. And we, so we look around us and we see all of this loss and, and devastation and destruction. We, we grieve lost dreams and we grieve lost people, and we we grieve things that have just fallen apart over the last 18 months. And we we want to yell at God and say, God, why? As a pastor, I've heard this I don't know how many times. If God loves people so much, why is he letting all these bad things happen? If you take anything away from today's message, I want you to hear this. If you are suffering and grieving from loss, do not take your bitterness and frustration out on God. I want want you to hear this. God did not bring death into this world. He didn't. And I want to show you this. I want to break this down for you. In the beginning, God created. There was life. And he said, from the mouth of God, from the very words of God, life happened. From the very mouth of God, life happens. This is why you need to be in the word. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. And the earth was formless and void. And what I love about those words, formless and void, is because it represents so much of who I was, was being the emphasis, formless and void. Matter of fact, if you look at the kind of origination of those words, it means emptiness. What, what, what do you mean? Out of nothing, God made something. Out of the emptiness, God created life. Out of chaos and out of disorder, God brought meaning and purpose. And if you hear nothing else today, I want you to know that. If your life is in disarray and disorder, if your marriage is out of control and chaotic, if your family life is just completely disoriented, if you can learn to orient your life around God, he can bring life and order and purpose out of the emptiness, meaningless, and chaos. Let let me show you like this. I think we all know this scripture, Matthew 6, 33. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all of these other things, somebody shout things. All of these other things will be added unto you. I, I like to say it this way. All of these other things will be taken care of. In other words, they are put back into order. And it's not that you're not going to experience hardship. It's not that you're not going to experience struggle. But the promise here is that in the midst of all of that, God is present with you and walking through those struggles with you. Another way that you can look at it is Mark chapter 6. We, we see another storm on the seas and the disciples in a boat. And, and, and what happens is right before this, Jesus is, is with a bunch of people on one side of the sea, and he tells the disciples, you know what? You guys go to the other side ahead of me. I'm going to take care of the people here, and then I'm going to take some time to pray. I said this this morning. I want to say it to you right now. If the Son of God can take time and prioritize Time alone with God. How much more do we need to? And, and, and so he sends the disciples, he says, You guys go ahead of me, I'll meet you on the other side. And as they're crossing the sea, this storm comes up, these winds come up, the waves are crazy. And, and the Bible says uh, that they were rowing contrary to the waves. So have you ever felt like you're just rowing contrary to life? Everything you do is just like so rough and, and struggling, and, and like the struggle is real. Like I just can't, I can't. I just can't. I can't even. And it says Jesus came out to them and, he's, and he had made no intention of stopping. That's, that's what I love. Even in the midst of the storm, Jesus made no intention of stopping. I, I see it this way. Jesus fully expected the men that he was discipling and training and investing in, that they would have faith that they would be taken care of. He made no intention to stop. But when they were finally just overwhelmed with the chaos and the storm and the winds and the waves, and they see Jesus walking out, they didn't even recognize him. They said, Oh no, it's a ghost! They were afraid. And I love what Jesus says. Jesus says, Do not be afraid. And can I tell you today, do not be afraid. Do not be afraid. He says, don't be afraid, it's me. And without them asking, he climbs into the boat with them. And as soon as his feet get into the boat, everything ceased, and there was peace. And this is what I want to encourage you. You need to invite Jesus, you need to invite God into the boat. You need to invite God into the boat of your marriage, into the boat of your kids, into the boat of your school system for my youth in here. here, Here's this. We need to invite God into our political system. I said it. Because here's the thing. Man cannot bring order out of chaos. Man will only sow into confusion and chaos and reap confusion and chaos. There's nobody that we can elect that will bring peace to the chaos right now unless it is through God. There's no law or legislation that we can enact that will bring peace to the chaos. Matter of fact, if we cannot build law off of what was already established as law, and we neglect and forfeit the law of God, it is all pointless anyway. Seek first the kingdom of God. It is so important to know what God is saying In the beginning, God created, verse 3, and God said, let there be light, and there was light. I love that. God said, and there was. It's so important to know the voice of God because if we don't know the voice of God, we'll believe any voice. And I'll say it like this. If we don't know the word, we will take any word over the word. Let me show you what happens at the beginning. We, we see God creates everything, and he creates Adam and Eve, and he puts them in a garden. Everybody know the Garden of Eden? He puts them in a Garden of Eden, and he tells them, you guys can enjoy this garden and enjoy everything in the garden. It is all yours, but this one tree is mine. and Don't even touch it. The moment you touch it, he didn't even say eat it. The moment you touch it, you will surely die. And what happens immediately? The command of God is challenged. We see in Genesis chapter 3, if you want to turn there with me, Genesis chapter 3, we see Adam and Eve, they're, they're, they're in, at, the, at the foot of the tree there in the garden, and Satan comes up in verse 1, it says, Now the serpent was more crafty, in other words, he was wise, and if we, if we are uh, against a wise enemy, then we better wise up. Now, the, the serpent was more crafty than any of the beasts, and I'm jumping down, and he says, and he said to the woman, indeed, has God said you should not eat from any of the trees, any tree of the garden? In other words, he's saying, did God really say? He challenged the voice of God. He challenged the command of God. And I think we can look around us all throughout society. Y'all ain't going to have me back. We can look all around society today, and we can see people are challenging the very Word of God. Did God really say that? Did God really mean that? Can I tell you, if he said it then, he means it today. Because he's the same yesterday, today, and forever. So if he said something in the Old Testament, it still rings true in the New Testament. Let me explain that. Because people are like, nah, because we're under the law of grace now. And so all of that's been abolished anybody heard that before can, can i help you with that jesus didn't come to abolish the law he came to fulfill it matter of fact I, I, I like to put it this way he didn't come to just fulfill it he came to raise the standard of the law think of it this way the ten commandments we all know this one. thou shalt not commit adultery we know that one what did jesus say even if you look at a woman and lust. You've committed adultery. Does that sound like he wiped it away? It sounds like he raised the standard. What about thou shalt not commit murder? Jesus said, even if you called your brother a fool, you've committed murder in your heart. Does that sound like he's wiped it away? It sounds like he's raised the standard. And that's what I want to encourage you today. A lot of people just want to write off the law and say, it's over. It's done with. And it's more oppressive than it is helping me. Can I tell you, it was written for you to protect you. Look look at what happens after Adam and Eve partake of the fruit of the tree. It says that they were kicked out of the garden. They were exiled from the garden. And people are like, God, it was just so angry and mean. He just told them to get. And, and people want to focus on the justice there. Can I, can I show you the grace? Because there was another tree in the garden called the tree of life. And if they were to partake of that tree, they would be forever in the condition that they were. See, after they took part of this tree, the knowledge of good and evil, they became a fallen man and woman. They were a fallen state. They were corrupt. And if they were to partake in that tree, they would be forever corrupt with no hope. So God, who is merciful and gracious, yes, he is just. But out of the grace of God, he said, I have a plan to redeem them. And so they can't stay in the garden anymore lest they be stuck in this state. Do you see the grace here? Let, let, Let me show you this. I just want to show you how this progresses. Out of nothing, God created something. Out of the emptiness, he created life. That's who God is. God is life. He's the God of creation. Satan comes in here in Genesis 3 and he says, God didn't really say that. But instead, if you, can I say that? If, when God gives a command Satan's going to challenge, and I heard a pastor put it this way, not only does he challenge the command, but he's going to offer a counterfeit of what God created. I thought that was awesome, because he does it right here. He says, God didn't really say that. Instead, you're going to be like God, knowing good and evil. In other words, Satan here is making a promise. If you disobey God, you're just going to progress and become even better. Did you see it? God, out of nothing, out of emptiness, creates something. And Satan takes something and only set us backward. Let me me explain it. How many of us try things that we think are going to make us feel full and satisfied. But at the end of the day, we're feeling empty and drained. There's this promise of fulfillment. There's this promise of growth. There's this promise of added value. But really, what does John ten ten say? The thief, he's a thief, y'all. The thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy. That's all Satan can do. He can offer you false hope, but really all it does is set us backwards. We, we lean on destructive tendencies and destructive coping behaviors to try to get ahead in life, but when's the last time you put God first? And in the struggle, because the struggle's real, it's 2021. In the struggle, we turn to God instead. Let me give you an example. I love food. Anybody love food? Glory to God in the highest peace on earth, goodwill toward men. I married a woman that can cook. Y'all, she can throw down. And I won't throw up. She can cook. And she's from the south. So, man, that's southern cooking. Glory, I felt God. But can I... You can ask her, she'll vouch for me on this. Because of the way she can cook, I have no need in going to Cracker Barrel. I'll be honest with you. Y'all can be mad at me all you want. I don't like Cracker Barrel. I heard, oh, I heard it. I'm sorry. I don't. Why? Because I can get that, but better at my house. Can can I tell you what Satan wants to offer you? You can get it, but better in God's house. You ain't got to go spend your life and spend your money trying to find things that are going to fill an empty hole or an empty belly because my God can make you satisfied beyond belief. I used that illustration one time when I had a young guy in high school in the front row. He said, and it's free. I said, obviously, you're not buying groceries, <laughs> but it's, it's, it's more affordable. So God creates something out of nothing, and Satan comes back, and he, he promises us progress, and he promises us added value, and he promises all these things that he can't keep because he can only kill and steal and destroy, and he really just sets us backwards, but God had a plan. Can I tell you, God had a plan and most of us, many of us might be stuck in this place right here of emptiness, and we've lost all hope. Can I tell you that if you put your faith in Jesus Christ, I want you to see this. John ten ten says, the thief comes to kill, steal, and destroy, but my Jesus, somebody shout Jesus. Jesus said, I come to give you life, and life more abundantly, and I want you to see this on, on this platform right here. Out of nothing, God created everything, and Satan only set us back to emptiness and jesus said i if you believe in me i will give you life the restoration back to life and he continues he says not just life but life more abundantly y'all ain't excited about that i call that life plus See, where Satan wants to set you one step back, Jesus launches you two steps forward. And if you can learn to live your life and filter your life through the very voice of Jesus Christ, in the beginning was the Word. The Word was with God. The Word was God. Apart from him, nothing. Apart from him, nothing. Y'all had my coffee this morning. It's kicking in. Life plus, if the band wants to come. Life, life, more abundance. That's a promise. See what happened was, with the fall of man, with Adam and Eve. Every person that is born into this world is now born into a lost state. That's what I love about that argument that I get a lot as a pastor. Pastor, I was born this way. You're right. That's why Jesus said you must be born again. That's why Jesus said you got to be born into the spirit. What does that look like? I love it. Jesus dying on a cross. It says that the veil was ripped in two. The veil that separated God and man. The moment that you find yourself at the foot of the cross and you traversed the veil, you are born again. Behold, all things have passed away. All things are new. Would you stand with me? Parents, I want to encourage this in your life. Maybe you've got kids that are old and gone and running from God. I want to encourage you that you have a part in bringing them home. Don't neglect them. Don't forget them. And when they come home, let the old stuff die. Don't even bring it back up. Let the old stuff die. Spouses, if you're married, you've been praying for your your husband and your wife to come to Jesus and they finally do, let the old stuff die. I love Fixer Upper. Anybody love Fixer Upper? Chip and Joanna. That's God's people. What I love about Fixer Uppers, they can take a home from the 1960s, 70s, 80s, run down completely. Y'all, I wouldn't, pay, I wouldn't spend 25 bucks on it. But they have vision. Let me, let me say it like this. They have a hope of what it could look like. What does that look like? Did they just buy the home and they're like, all right, I hope one day it gets better. They have an expectation. And here's the thing, they work toward that expectation. They can take a a home that's worth $25,000 and add value to it, and it's over 500 grand. I don't know how they do it, but glory. And here's the thing, what, what does that look like? After they fix up the home, they don't restore it. See, if they were to restore it, it would look like the old home before it was old and dilapidated it would look like a 1960s home, or an 80s home, whatever. They don't just restore it, they renew it. It looks completely different. I I wanna encourage you today, if you're struggling and life is just dilapidated and chaotic and out of order and you have no more hope, Jesus can start a work in your life and will be faithful to complete it. See, faithfulness is not a God issue. Faithfulness is a man issue. My God will be faithful to complete it, be faithful to add value to your life, to not just restore you, but to renew you. New new mind, new heart, new passion, new pursuits that glorifies God. And this is what I love. If you've lost hope, I want to encourage you today, you can find him. His name is Jesus. And he's not some fantasy, he's not some histor- historic figure in a book with good ideas and good morals and good beliefs. He's the Savior of the world, the Lamb of God, the Son of God. And when he died on a cross, he didn't just die there. He hung death itself on the cross. Oh death, where is your sting? Oh grave, where is your victory? Every head bowed and every eye closed. There's a scripture that I love. I wanna close with this. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 15, he says, For as in Adam all die, and also in Christ we're all made alive. Because of the fall of man we are all born into sin. Our destination is now death. But glory to God, Jesus has new life in store for you. And so every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I just need, I need, a, I need a new start. I need a reset in my life. I need a new beginning. I need to let all of the old stuff fade away. Can I tell you there's no shame in this? Isaiah says, instead of shame, you will have double honor. You see that life and life plus? You're here today. On the count of three, I want to ask you to just raise your hand. You want to make that commitment. You want to ask for that new and fresh start, that new and fresh beginning. Let all the old things fade away. All of the old addictions fade away. All of the old sexual immorality fade away. All of, all of the old bad decisions fade away. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to raise your hand and make that commitment today, a commitment of new life in Christ Jesus. One, two, three. Raise your hands. Raise your hands. Hallelujah. If you're watching online, I want you to do the same. Maybe drop it in the comments. I want to make a decision today. Keep your hands raised. Keep them high. God's about to make a new work in your life and a new new beginning in your life. Maybe you're here today and you're like, Pastor, I've, I've done this before, but I've got no hope. I've lost all faith and confidence in God and I need to start over. If that's you, raise your hands high. Raise them high. Raise them high. I want everybody in this room to pray this prayer right now. Father, I love you thank you for loving me thank you for sending your son to die my death so that i could become new i need a fresh start i need a new beginning i put all my faith i put on my trust i put on my confidence i put all my hope in you i am yours be my lord be my savior forgive me of my wrongs in my past thank you for new beginnings in Jesus name amen come on let's give God some praise let's celebrate today for the decisions for life in Christ Jesus hallelujah I'm gonna ask our prayer team to come up we're gonna close with this song if you need prayer for anything at all in life right now you need healing You need deliverance. You need a new mind, a transformed mind. You just need hope and encouragement from God. I want to encourage you to come up and find somebody to pray with today. Let's worship. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Bethesda Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us online. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and our website, BethesdaChurch.tv. Thank you for joining us and have a great day.